At Urban Farm Podcast, we are all about education, and April is Foliar Feeding Month. Have you heard of it? It is a super simple application of spraying liquid organic fertilizer on your trees and garden plants. The leaves, branches, and trunks are incredible at absorbing nutrients. And if your soil isn't great or your pH is off, foliar feeding is a quick and long-lasting fix to get your plants the nutrients they need. Want to learn more? Join us for our free online webinar on how to apply this amazing process to your gardens and fruit trees. Visit urbanfarm.org to sign up. That's urbanfarm.org. Greg Peterson here, and I want to thank you for listening to the Urban Farm Podcast. We wouldn't be able to keep doing these great shows without you. So as a token of my appreciation, I'd like to offer you access to a list of our top 10 episodes I personally find most inspiring. If you enjoy the Urban Farm Podcast but don't have time to listen to everyone, then you will love this list. Although all our guests have great information to offer, if you are short on time, these 10 are must-listens. To get access to the top 10 most inspiring podcast episodes, text FARMER to 44222. That's FARMER to 44222. And enjoy listening. You're listening to the Urban Farm Podcast, your partner in the grow-your-own-food revolution. Whether you've just been introduced to urban farming or you're a lifelong advocate, we're sure you'll leave feeling more informed, equipped, and empowered to dig deeper into the soil of your local food economy. With you every step of the way, here's your host, Greg Peterson. Today on the Urban Farm Podcast, we have Brendan Gochran to talk about his experience with liver and gut health and overall nutrition. Brendan holds a degree in molecular biology from the University of Connecticut and his MBA from Bentley University. He has spent 15 years in the healthcare field and was an executive for a major nutraceutical manufacturer before starting multiple companies of his own, the latest being LiverMedic. He conducts health lectures to both physicians and the public. His research focuses primarily on gut health, liver health, endocrine system, adrenal fatigue, and optimal diets. Welcome to the show today, Brendan. Hey, thank you very much for having me on. I appreciate it. Absolutely. So I shared a bit about you. Can you fill in the blanks for us and share more about the path you took to get where you're at now? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, my history really started at the University of Connecticut. Uh, As you said, uh, I had a degree in molecular biology, did some research at the university, got into molecular genetics, left that, and went into the pharmaceutical field. So as I uh, consistently talk about sort of the evil empire, so when I ended up getting into the pharmaceutical industry, Uh I found out that uh, that industry is really sort of geared towards profit model, not necessarily uh, helping people health-wise. Yeah, thanks. So, (laughs) exactly. So I transitioned from there into the nutraceutical industry. So at that point, I ended up becoming uh, an executive at one of the major private label firms, which allowed me to uh, communicate a lot with other brands and formulators. And so I was involved in a lot of the products that people would uh, generally associate with a health food store when they walk down the aisle. Mm, so mm. I've had a lot of experience with a lot of different uh, formulations, kind of have a broad knowledge uh, in terms of supplementation. And I decided, you know what, there's a hole here 
Uh, and I found that hole when I took sort of a, a hiatus. So I took a hiatus from that and found that uh, I had quite a few friends and family members who were suffering from essentially the same thing. And it's not necessarily obvious to people from the outside when they look at somebody and they say, okay, that person might be a little bit obese, maybe pre-diabetic, maybe type 2 diabetic, they have fatty liver disease, you know, they have trouble sleeping and they have, they've got stress. All of these things, uh, and then they have the chronic inflammation, the mm-hmm. adrenal fatigue, all that stuff. That's what we commonly refer to as metabolic syndrome. And I went out to my physician friends and I said, how often do you come across these individuals? They uh-huh. said multiple every day. <laughs> I said, okay, well, you know, what's the, what's the regimen? How, how, do you, how are you solving this problem? And I said, well, we, really, we tell them to go on a diet and see us in six months and hopefully they're, they're better. And I said, well, how often does that happen? Very rarely. Right. So, yeah, exactly. Okay. So that's where I, I decided we should focus our efforts. And, you know, I started to read up on the, on the, all the white papers and the research out, out there and um, had some real good sort of progressive physicians that mm-hmm. were doing some excellent work. And we ended up launching Liver Medic, uh, which was really focused on liver health and detoxifying the liver. And then we found out about MTHFR gene mutation, which we can talk about later if you'd like. That's something that typically people don't know about, but affects 30 to 40 percent of the population. And we also uh, found out that when we were talking to physicians, when we get into the realm of liver and and liver disease, we really have to start with gut health. That's Mm. where it's coming Mm -hmm. from. That's where the pathology all starts. You know, when I go out and attend some of these sort of progressive lectures, these ones run by functional docs, integrative docs, natural docs, um, the lectures used to focus 10 years ago mainly on, you know, the, obviously it would be disease, but only 5% of it was focused on gut health. Now the exact opposite is happening. 95% of the topics that get discussed at these lectures are center around gut health, and we're starting to understand that disease is really all driven mm, by what right. we're eating and what we're consuming. Yeah. So that's been sort of my evolution. Wow. So... We don't have three days, um, and you right. you dropped a whole lot of terms, and I want to unpack some quickly because there's there's a bunch of them, and and some of them we're going to spend some time on. But nutraceutical, what is that? Oh, sorry, fancy term for supplement company. Uh, That's all. Okay. Vitamin company. All right, yeah. cool, fantastic, no problem. Metabolic syndrome. Might spend a couple of minutes or more on this say more about what that is because that's i think that's so important yeah absolutely and a lot of people are suffering from it so um let me back up for a moment 40 years ago Mm -hmm. uh, cirrhosis and issues with the liver were really confined to uh, people who drank too much it was alcohol driven disease now 75 percent of it is a food driven disease so Mm. what exactly is going on so that's kind of the focal point when it comes to metabolic syndrome and just real quickly, I'll go through sort of the domino, uh, the, the steps involved here. Poor diet, which could include GMO foods, antibiotics, sugar, carbs, you know, other uh, things, artificial sweeteners, etc. That breaks down the microbiome, which is just a fancy term for the bacteria balance that is in our small intestine, which helps us uh, absorb the good stuff and keep out the bad stuff. Mm-hmm. Once that breakdown occurs, there's literally like little pores in the uh, small intestine that open up and you end up with 
leaky gut and your mm. gut literally leaks stuff into your body, your liver is now sort of challenged at this point. Your immune system is already engaged. That gives you the chronic inflammation piece of it. Your liver uh, gets overwhelmed and starts to create fat cells in order to store the toxins. So now you have fatty liver. The next domino is, well, if the liver starts to not uh, perform its function very well, then that uh, negatively impacts type 2 diabetes because mm -hmm. that's the regulatory organ for that. Now your adrenal glands are engaged because you have this chronic inflammation and it starts to secrete cortisol. They end up getting fatigued. You get cortisol at night all during the day, which interrupts sleep. So you have stress, sleep, chronic inflammation, adrenal fatigue, fatty liver, type 2 diabetes, potentially obesity on top of it, and leaky gut. That's metabolic syndrome sort of classically stated. Wow. Wow. And the, it's obviously, it's all connected, and a lot of people are suffering from it. And, and if we look at the trend lines, you uh -huh. know, people, people have a tendency to think, well, you know, we've, we've got a, uh, a huge increase in the incidence of cancer and, and disease and obesity and, and diabetes. What is going on? Uh, and I typically, when I give this lecture to physicians, I throw up there a few graphs. And one of them is consumption of sugar and the introduction of artificial sugars. Right. The other one is GMO foods, which is a huge one. Um, and... How they see, maybe how the they other. correlate to this these diseases? Yeah, exactly. So, um, and I'm sure you discuss this probably pretty often on your on your uh, podcast. Uh, GMO foods. Uh, I could get into the molecular genetics of genetic engineering, but quite honestly, people get completely bored, and a lot of stuff goes right over their head anyway. What I like to focus on is the um, the dangers. In the and in the intensity and the amounts of herbicides and pesticides being used on genetically modified produce. Uh -huh. So this produce obviously has been manipulated so that it is resistant to the herbs, or the herbicides and the pesticides being used. So they can use a lot more of them. Mm -hmm. They get integrated into the produce, and the types of herbicides and pesticides that are being used in this process go obviously into the body. And in particular, we know quite a few things about some of the ingredients. For instance, glyphosate uh -huh. will pit the stomach, creates leaky gut, uh, and travels to the liver. Mm -hmm. It inhibits P450 cytochromes, which if nobody knows what that is, <laughs> that's intricately involved in the detoxification of your liver. Mm -hmm. So it increases the toxins that are coming into the body and then decreases your ability to get rid of them. And that is really pushing forward this whole metabolic syndrome and all of these associated yeah. problems. So, Wow. wow. So there's, you, threw, you threw over a question to us, and I, I'm quite sure it correlates to what we're talking about. And the question is, what is driving our inability to sleep and causing stress from a nutritional perspective? And you mentioned cortisol, and I'm sure those two are intimately entwined, yes? Absolutely, yeah. So cortisol, everybody knows the cortisol is the fight or flight, uh, you know, stress hormone. Yep. So obviously when you're stressed, it gets kicked up. Uh, and, you know, we're living some pretty stressful lives right now. Yeah. The other part of it is if you are chronically inflamed because you're eating a poor diet, uh, like we had just discussed, you know, these GMOs are clearly uh, producing leaky mm -hmm. gut, and that's going to end up forcing the issue. Mm -hmm. The body's response to this is, well, 
we know that a chronically inflamed body will artificially age. Believe it or not, a chronically inflamed uh, body will actually, uh, your own immune system will create an environment that is dangerous to the other tissues, the soft tissues mm-hmm. and, and organs in the body. Mm-hmm. So it has this neat little, you know, sort of uh, out and it is, let's start secreting cortisol. We don't know where this inflammation or where the problem is coming from, but we know if we start secreting cortisol, we can reduce the inflammation and create an environment that's less dangerous for the mm-hmm. body. The problem is if the inflammation never goes away because you haven't taken care of the leaky gut issue, right. then cortisol is constantly pumping. Typically, in a healthy individual, cortisol kicks in first thing in the morning to get you up and then basically tapers off by noon and you're able to go to sleep you know, in the evening, no issues whatsoever. That's not, the, that's not happening in somebody who's chronically inflamed. Mm-hmm. And in addition to this, cortisol ends up inhibiting uh, thyroid-stimulating hormone. And if people don't know what that is, that's the hormone that kicks up the thyroid. So what ends up happening is people have hypothyroid in addition to that, right. slowing down their metabolism. <laughs> so you've got this chronic inflammation, can't sleep, can't handle stress, and my metabolism is slowing down, that's creating the obesity epidemic, and people are not aware of this. Yeah. It's just, it's a cycle that just, once it starts spinning, it's hard to stop it, I would guess. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, we have a lot of pharmaceutical drugs out there, and a lot of conventional docs will get behind them, and they end up treating the symptom. And, you know, you can't get ahead of leaky gut. Well, then, you know, you end up taking metformin for the, the diabetes. Well, you know, how about the stress? Well, we've got something for that. How about the hypothyroid? Well, you know, we've got, we have something for that. Completely ignoring gut health. And yeah. if you address that issue right away and then sort of uh, we're able to cleanse the liver uh, after that or subsequent or, you know, whatever sequence you want, you would take care of a lot of these problems. And of course, the more inflammation we have and the more toxins we allow to enter the body, the more likelihood there is of having cancer. And of course, when we take a look at individuals and their consumption of, say, sugar. So 100 years ago, people were consuming 12, 13 pounds of sugar annually per person. Well, now it's up over 130. Right. What do cancer cells (laughs) rely on for energy? Yeah. Sugar. You know, so right. it's very clear why we're trending in this direction, and now yeah. we have to reverse it. Yeah. We have to reverse it. So, what are the greatest sources of toxins that eventually make it into our body? Yeah, that's a great question. And you know, we had um, sort of hit on a lot of the GMO technology and the herbicides and pesticides that mm-hmm. are being used. So, let's table that for a second. That's an important piece of it. There's also another piece of this, and that is processed foods. And phthalates, plasticizers, what we refer to as endocrine disrupting chemicals, we have got an article on it that talks about the dirty dozen. Uh, and we're basically highlighting things like uh, metals and again, phthalates, some of the uh, pesticides and herbicides used in GMO technology. But I, I want people to really focus on personal care products because everything that you put on your skin, 75% of that stuff is transdermal. So if you've got something that uh, is a poison to your body that is in makeup, toothpaste, shampoo, deodorant, mm-hmm. and you're putting it on your body, especially deodorant. I mean, you're sitting, you're putting something that more than likely 
has has metals in it. <laughs> Unfortunately, yeah. read the labels on your deodorant; they almost always do. And you're putting it underneath your skin in a warm place, and your lymph nodes are sitting right there, and that's sort of the super highway uh, access to the rest of your body. So that's a piece of it. The other piece of it is all of these processed foods. When you look at a label and it's got 15 letters in it, you <laughs> should not be ingesting it. Yeah. You know, uh, even you know when people end up buying coconut milk and those types of things, we're talking about the carrageenan and the soy lecithin. That stuff's all GMO, and it's not healthy for you even if it wasn't GMO. Mm -hmm. So those are important places to start with that conversation. Wow. So heavy metals, uh, we need to touch on them and probably spend a little bit of time on them. Why is it important to get them out? Uh, maybe how do we get uh, heavy metals out? And how do we get them in? Yeah, a, a very difficult conversation to have. Oftentimes, maybe the first time an individual comes in contact with this, it's a vaccine and that's mm -hmm. uh, obviously a controversial uh, subject as well. But we're talking about mercury and aluminum and lead and, you know, arsenic. Of course, arsenic can run right out of the body. So that's not uh, necessarily a big issue. But those others, very big. Mm -hmm. And if they gain access to the brain, they do pass the blood-brain barrier. What they do is they interrupt the building blocks by which we regenerate axons. Mm -hmm. And that's very significant. You know, our brains are... Uh, incredible in that they degrade and then they also rebuild. So if they are degrading over time and regenerating themselves, but you put something in your body that keeps that from happening, you're going to have cognitive disorders. Mm -hmm. So removing these things, that's tough. Sometimes progressive physicians will uh, pull in things like DMSO, uh, which is kind of, a, you really need to have a physician working with you on that yeah. because it's, it can be a very dangerous thing. Sometimes uh, individuals will take serapeptase, which is a very strong natural enzyme, and it breaks up biofilm and uh, allows the body to gain access to those metals. And then mm -hmm. you can take, you know, other things like uh, charcoal, volcanic soil, you know, to pull uh, those metals out of the body. But it is a process. You typically need uh, somebody that's well versed in this to, to pull it out. Yeah. Well, and the good news is, I guess, is that it's easy to get tested for it. I was recently tested for heavy metals and yes. basically they give me, they gave me some DMSO that I took either at night or in the morning. And then I collected my urine for six hours and sent that in. Yep. Yeah. And I, I would say that uh, some of these techniques, especially when you incorporate serapeptase, which I have to be honest with you, I think it's a fantastic natural enzyme to do a lot of this work. Uh, sometimes it does things like liberating uh, lime. So if individuals out there have Lyme disease, sometimes the Lyme really are hiding out in biofilm and in you wake that up. Yeah. So need to be aware of that too. Yeah, that, that actually, I made that, we made, I, uh, my listeners know that I have been dealing with Lyme and it's not a pretty thing. And uh, I've recently discovered about biofilm and breaking it up and, you know, kind of ex getting that stuff extracted out of that, out of the biofilm. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So common mistakes doctors make in diagnosing disease that can easily be avoided. Yeah, and I think we sort of touched upon it a little bit before, and this is really understanding the sequence of events when it comes to disease, the mm. breakdown of the microbiome, and making sure the gut is really healthy. We talk about dysbiosis, which, is, which just means that your bacteria 
are, are out of balance. You may have candida overgrowth. You may have too much parasites, uh, heavy metals down there. You may end up having leaky gut as a result of e- either eating too much sugar and carbs or uh, having too much GMO products in your diet. You need to clean up the diet. And you need to, in many cases, take some supplements in order to rid yourself, especially the candida overgrowth. That's, that's one that a majority of people are suffering from, typically don't know about it. And you need to take some real heavy-duty uh, supplements to keep that sort of uh, under control. You know, yeah. We have candida complex and um, serapeptates, which we couple together. And that really takes care of a good 80 to 85% of uh, potential problems down there. But those problems... Uh, promoting leaky gut, as we talked about, leads to chronic inflammation and the fatty liver disease and the type 2 diabetes and the obesity and the Mm -hmm. adrenal fatigue and all that stuff. So if you're treating those things but not treating the cause, you are trying to catch your own tail and you need to try and stay ahead of the game. So that's that's where the conventional doctors typically, you know, fall down. They're excellent at acute stuff. You I can't help you if you've got, you know, a, a knife uh, that's stuck in your chest, okay? Yeah, but or a broken I can, arm. I can, right, or a yeah. broken arm, but I can help you with uh, what I really believe are very preventative problems. Yeah. When it sounds to me over and over and over again, this is long. T- the long-term solution is what are you putting in your mouth and what are you putting on your yeah. body? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, f- uh, medicine be thy food and food be thy medicine, mm-hmm. you know, so people need to be paying attention to that, which is great if they're growing their own food. They just make sure that, see, here's the other issue is, you know, there are so many, uh, and I'm looking at buying a house myself, there are so many people who, you know, they love their wonderful lush green lawns and they use Roundup on their, yeah. uh, in their yard. Now you've got to prepare your soil so that it doesn't, you don't get any of that um, glyphosate or any of the other stuff that's in Roundup right. in your homegrown you know, produce. Uh, and that's really important because then you end up running into the same problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And so, uh, props out to Home Depot for taking that off their shelves. Did they really? As, yeah. From what I've read. Yes. Wow. They, they pulled up. Yeah. Wow. I hadn't heard that. We'll have to do some research in that and figure out, figure out what happened. All right. Let's touch on one more thing before we go to solutions. And we already kind of touched on GMO technology. Why is it so dangerous to cover the uh, excessive amounts of pesticides and herbicides? But why is the G- GMO technology dangerous in your opinion? Yeah, so there's two sides of this. There's the pesticide herbicide piece of it and the fact that they're using about 20 times more uh, of the product on the field uh, and then it gets integrated into into the produce Mm -hmm. you know in conventional farming you could kind of wash it off this time it's right in there you can't wash this stuff off it's integrated Um, then there's another piece the actual genetic engineering of this so that Uh we're talking about viral vectors we're talking about using bacteria and virus loading it with the with the gene and then trying to uh, zip it into the DNA of the host. You don't know where the gene is going. You mm-hmm. don't know what other problems that, um, that were unforeseen and, and you can't detect have taken place. You know, there was a study that took place down in uh, Brazil uh, recently over the last two years that they took uh, mice, rats, and they gave them GMO foods for successive generations. And what they found 
was that by the second or third generation, the reproductive abilities for rats decreased by at least half, and by the fourth generation, all, almost none of the rats could reproduce. So that seems to be a danger that should raise some red flags, and we should really start to wonder if we're splicing DNA in, and a lot of times the DNA uh, is specifically targeted to reduce the population of the insect, exactly what is this going to do when it's ingested? Yeah. <laughs> so that study hasn't been done on human beings and won't be until successive generations. Are we right. going to wait that long to sound the, the bell? <laughs> I, probably. That's a very bad idea. Pro well, yeah. yeah, but we probably are. If it's up to Monsanto, yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if it's up to us, no. No, exactly. Exactly. Uh, what Actually, one other thing you mentioned earlier, and I wanted to touch on the MTHFR, I think they call it a gene mutation, don't they? Yeah, so the MTHFR is a, it's a reductase, and what it, what it does if it's properly, if it's not mutated in your body, is it allows you to, to methylate properly. And a lot of listeners are like, yeah, okay, methylation, so what? Um, so what does that impact? Well, that impacts the ability to properly use, say, B12. Mm -hmm. uh, right. It impacts uh, iron. Uh, that impacts your ability to break down hormones. That impacts your ability to break down hormones. So this negatively influences psychological disorders, cardiac disorders, physiological disorders, clearly the entire hormonal system. So this has profound uh, implications in the mm -hmm. body. And what we used to know, or what we thought we knew, was about 10 years or so ago, we sort of identified this MTHFR uh, gene and said, okay, if it's mutated, this is a big problem, but fortunately, it's only 3 to 5% of the population. Well, now we found out, no, 3 to 5% of the population is 100% occluded or impacted. So they can't do any methylation whatsoever and have to take supplements in order to maintain themselves. Then there's another 30 to 40 percent of the population that are partially impacted because yeah. it's a gene on multiple sites. So you can be, you know, zero percent, 25, 50, 75, 100, approximately. You yeah. know, there are, there are derivations within there. So people should get tested. Mm -hmm. People should get tested for the gene mutation, uh, and they should supplement accordingly. <sighs> All right. So that's a whole lot of good news kind of framed in a not so happy way. So let's talk about solutions and your company, Livermedic, what do you do and what kind of, obviously there's supplemental solutions, but let's also talk about the food solutions. Yeah, absolutely. And, and when we do these lectures, yes, it's important to supplement properly. And that gives you sort of a leg up gets you kind of ahead of the game. But if you're consistently doing all the wrong things that led you to that uh, place, uh, I don't have a magic pill for you. If you're sitting right. on the couch and eating GMO foods, you're still going to be stuck. So when we talk about solutions, we talk about diet, we talk about uh, supplements. So hepatobin, which is uh, our main sort of flagship product, it has half of the ingredients are dedicated to leaky gut repair. The other half of the ingredients are dedicated to liver detoxification. We're very different from the rest of the industry in that approach. It also has the ingredients in there for those individuals who are suffering from the MTHFRG mutation. So things that uh, somebody should be taking when they have that uh, mutation. 
methylated B12, we don't have that, but we have the uh, milk thistle and the glutathione and the MSM and the SAMe. Those are all in there um, and are very important. And a, and a choline source, a phosphatidylcholine in there as well. But again, we can't be addressing the liver without addressing the gut. And mm-hmm. hepatobin did a good job at sort of repairing stuff, but the physicians were coming back and saying, look, these people have severe problems, mm-hmm. candida overgrowth, SIBO, and imbalances, parasites, metals. So what we had to do is we came up with candida complex, which obviously addresses the candida issue at multiple different uh, metabolic pathways. So it's very effective at what it does. The side effect of going after candida that strongly is that you're also putting ingredients in there that go after parasites. And how do you gain access to some of this stuff? Well, you need to incorporate it enzymes. So we have the serapeptase, which Mm -hmm. is a very special form of serapeptase in that it's extremely clean. Of course, all of our products are GMO clean and GMO free and vegan if, if at all possible. We do have a soft gel that's not vegan, obviously. Mm-hmm. And using those helps to reduce the level of uh, deleterious organisms, organisms in your digestive tract that aren't doing you any favors, uh, and then also clean out the liver at the same time. So... That's the supplement piece of it. Mm-hmm. What we need to focus on now is the food piece of it. Yeah. So when you know, what led us here? Processed food certainly led us here, but there was some really poor science that also led us here too. So a lot of the food industry was is really geared towards low fat foods, right, <laughs> and right. really high sugar foods. So when this poor science ended up coming out in the 70s, and I'm not going to get into all the, the history of it, but the, the food industry was pressured by Congress to lower the amount of food because we, uh, fats because we thought that it was creating cardiovascular disease, right. and diabetes, and all these other terrible things. Find out that that's not the case. It's, it was trans fats and, uh, and other unhealthy fats that were involved there. So let's call those out. Let's avoid those. We need to incorporate the healthy fats, and we need to stay away from the sugar. The sugar was really the driver for a lot of the disease. So healthy fats, your olive oil, your butter, coconut oil, palm oil, uh, avocado oil, those are really the the sort of the super healthy fats, uh, and people ought to be incorporating those into your diet as much as possible. problem with olive oil is uh, it's the most adulterated product in a grocery store, so just be careful. Yeah. And then the butter, of course, you got to be taking it from an animal that has not been eating GMO foods. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you're going to end up getting glyphosate in your butter. But aside from that, the dangerous oils, you know, we're talking about the canola oil. That absolutely oh, yeah. has got to be off the list. Um, and then really any processed vegetable oil, they process them at high heat and, and high pressure. And what that does is it chemically alters it and makes it rancid. And a rancid oil in your system oh, creates yeah. inflammation. Yeah. So that's, and that's where the cardiovascular disease is coming from. So, and again, we're coming back to that inflammation issue again, right? Uh, and as we, we talked about earlier, inflammation, if you want to offset inflammation, uh, go out there and get yourself a nice uh, turmeric um, supplement or, uh, you know, just buy it and grate it uh, and consume it. Um, the best way to absorb it is to combine uh, turmeric with a medium chain triglyceride. Again, coconut oil, palm oil, you know, some oil. So those are the things that we need to be hmm, really focused on. Yeah. And when we, when we take a look at sugars, avoid them if you can. If you're going to incorporate them, I would go with a raw honey 
or, or maple syrup, and just, just don't overdo it. What about fruit sugars? Fruit sugars are okay, provided they're in the fruit. <laughs> so people who, uh, who love apples, hey, that's great. Go out and make sure it's a, a nice organic apple. Yeah. But if you are juicing it, now you're taking all the fructose, which we really cannot process. We process fructose the same way we process alcohol. It has the same byproducts. It puts the exact same uh-huh. pressure on the liver. Right. So if we're going to go ahead and, uh, and juice it, I would say avoid it. The nice thing about having the, the fruit uh, and the fructose in the fruit is that the fiber yeah. naturally slows down the yeah. absorption. Yeah. So. That's what I was going to go next is, all right, well, what about the fiber? Right. So. <laughs> exactly. So. Yeah. And people need to be on a fiber-rich, protein-rich, fat-rich diet. Yeah. We are not designed to be on a high-sugar uh, diet. So, um, you know, there's a great uh, group of researchers at Stanford University who came up with the FODMAPS uh, diet, F-O-D-M-A-P-S. Uh, and that's an excellent guide for folks if, if they're looking for, um, you know, sort of a template. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. So you're not the first guest I've had on that is talking about a plant-based diet. And it really sounds to me like that's where we're going with this conversation. Is that the case? Yeah, and I think uh, the one caveat I would put on that is if you're going to go on a plant-based diet, you need to do your research because you're going to find that certain nutrients might be in lower amounts and you need to make sure you either supplement yeah. or uh, go out and incorporate um, those things that you can find naturally yeah. uh, in, in produce and vegetables to offset that. Well, and I get, this, I get this question a lot from people. They say, well, hey, if I'm eating all the right vegetables and a plant-based diet, I don't need supplements then. And we're finding that's not the case because what I've, what I see is that, you know, the food that we're getting in the grocery store doesn't have anywhere near the nutrition in it that it did say 50 years ago. Have you found that? Oh yeah, absolutely. And there's been a, a, just a ton of studies out there that verify that. Yeah. If you're going to go ahead and grow produce in your backyard, you know, making sure that the soil is rich in, you know, the nutrients, yep. you're going to get a completely different output than what you are. I mean, it's yeah. not even comparable. We're talking yeah. about, you know, 20% versus, you know, what you'd be able to, to get in your backyard yeah. uh, as far as nutrient, you know, load. Yeah, absolutely. Far out. I'm going to shift on you and I'd like for you to talk about a time you failed, how you overcame that fairy and what you might have learned from it. Oh, sure. Yeah, boy, these are real important questions. These are sort of life questions. Mm -hmm. Um, I would say that my biggest failure uh, was probably my marriage. But Mm. I did that a couple times. (laughs) I have a tendency to look back on it and not necessarily put it in the failure category because Mm -hmm. I think if I had just jumped out when I really I wanted to, and not try to refocus myself on the lessons. I think that, you know, for those uh, individuals out there that are somewhat spiritual, they'll they'll understand this. I think that I was at a at a resonance frequency where I was attracting the wrong things. Yeah. And I needed to figure out what those things were, and I needed to, I needed to come to the conclusion that it was not just the other person, which is <laughs> human instinct yeah, and his exactly. ego. That is also me. I played a part. This coin has two sides, and I need to figure out what I contributed yeah. to this. I got beyond that. I stayed in it for a long period of time. 
I, I took a real deep, long look at myself and I think that I'm on the right path now. And I'm now with a wonderful woman who is 180 degree different from <laughs> the previous woman. But again, it's not, it wasn't all her. It was yeah. me. Oh, yeah. I wouldn't have found her had I not changed. So that was really important for me. So, and I want to just make an interesting point here, and I've, I've said this for years, and the, the, that is there are three things in our culture that cause 100% of the disease. And I know that's a bold statement, and I've said it on the show here today. And we talked extensively about two of those things, lack of nutrition in our food and environmental toxins so far today. And you just touched on the third thing, which is stress. Yes. Yes, you know, absolutely. Being yeah. in a being in a stressful marriage, I've been there before. Being in a stressful marriage and a stressful relationship, it really does a number on us. Yeah, and when we, you know, it's it's personal, it's uh, business, and it's health. Those seem to be the three sort of avenues that if one is in balance, if two is in balance, you're in real trouble. If three is in balance, you know, you're that's a real bad situation. Yeah. But those are the three, you know, and I've. At various times in my life, I've had one in real bad uh, points. I've had two, and I've noticed that when the business and the personal go, so does your health, and it's yeah. it's a domino effect. There you go, there you go. So, what do you consider your biggest success? My biggest success actually would be sort of uh, when I came when I came out of this marriage, the the introspective uh, piece of this, mm. changing who I was and changing my outlook. I had one day, I remember this distinctly, where I said, you know what, I'm just going to be as positive as I possibly can. Every person I meet, I'm going to, in my mind, you know, wish them well and blessings, and I'm going to meet everybody with a smile, no matter how I feel inside. Mm -hmm. And I'm telling you, I had one of the best days of my uh, life. It's very nice. difficult to do because it takes a lot of energy. Yeah. Um, but the positive attitude and the constantly understanding that uh, earth is kind of like this uh, lesson sandbox. And once you understand that, I like that. sort of my philosophy is that, yeah. you know, we come back and, and we do this over and over again until we sort of get it right. Once you have that sort of philosophy, it totally changes your outlook on life. Yeah. So that was, that was a positive that came out of yeah, that. For sure. Cool. Uh, I, you know, I'm a happy guy by choice and people will often say to me god you're always so happy and i i say to him well you know what i wake up every morning and i have a choice and i so hear what you're saying those you know those first times that we do it it's it's a hard shift but if you can yeah. take if you can take that energy and make that shift magic happens i have seen it happen over and yeah. over and over again yeah yeah. yeah, you attract a totally different yep. person towards you, mm -hmm. and in certain circumstances, even when the when the individual is themselves negative, sometimes you can pull a little bit of positivity out of it, and the, at the end of the day, they feel better, and yeah. that's a wonderful way of giving. Yeah, big time. So what drives you? Yeah, I mean, I I look at my life. I've done a lot of different things in my life. Uh, I've had some really influential individuals uh, pass in and out of my sphere, uh, and I think at this point that my mission is to get this kind of information out to people and to heal people. Yeah, I feel like that, uh, like I'm a healer, 
Uh, I'm saying things that physicians are listening to and, you know, the public is clamoring for, and I see the change in individuals and it's dramatic. Um, so I, that's my passion. I'll tell you what, I gave up a very nice, cushy, six-figure paying job with all the benefits to do something that doesn't mm-hmm. have any of those things. Yeah. <laughs> so that in and of itself, I think, uh, sort of reinforces that this is, uh, again, you know, it's a passion. And the materialness, this focus on material uh, goods and needs in our society, I think is, is a house of cards. I think it's coming down. Mm-hmm. I believe that this planet's going through a spiritual shift right now, mm-hmm. and we are rejecting those old notions of success and trying to live, you know, maybe a little bit more like the Indians did, sort of holistically, uh, along with Earth, uh, environmental concerns and, and so forth, and making sure that we're more uh, engaged and uh, take into account uh, or empower ourselves to to get healthy on our own yeah. and, and not listen to the medical establishment so much. Wow. Powerfully said. Thank you. So I'm all about education, and I have to know, is there a book that has been influential for you in this process in your life? Oh yeah, there's been a lot of them, but I think if I were to if I were to think about some writers that I in particular you know picked up and and just uh, were easy reads and very informational, uh, I would say Dr. Alejandro Junger. He's made uh, a number of books. Uh, every one of them has phenomenal knowledge in there. He's a first-rate cardiologist from New York who was completely stressed out, uh, <laughs> ended up having a health breakdown, because mm-hmm. you know how doctors uh, live and operate, oh, yeah. ended up going, I believe, out to India, um, sort of centered himself, took on a whole different philosophy, now speaks holistically about health, very spiritual. That's a great book, uh, a set of books to pick up. Yeah. And also um, there's uh, Dr. Nora Gagoudis, and please don't ask me to spell her last name, <laughs> but she writes some real good books on adrenal fatigue that really get into the nitty-gritty, the real uh, complex biochemistry. Yeah. So those are influential books people should pick up. Perfect. Perfect. So what one final piece of advice do you have for our listeners? I would say... Listen to yourself. Uh, you know, there are a lot of people around you, especially when you're growing up, that tell you what things are important in your life. And I would say that one of the main drivers for depression and anxiety is you not listening to your own soul, what your soul's mm-hmm. mission is. Mm-hmm. You're listening to other people. Uh, and if you can get grounded, and you can understand that there's a higher purpose and you can listen to that um, voice inside of you rather than the tape playing of other people, (laughs) that would be really profound uh, and it would make a significant difference and quite honestly, society would be better off as a result. Yeah. How does one start doing that? I know this is kind of an interesting question I'm asking you, but... Uh, Yeah, that's really tough. So, you know, we're... We're sort of like uh, onions walking around. You have mm-hmm. to really break down the layers, mm-hmm. and you have to understand what the trigger points for yourself are because every time you come across something that emotionally triggers you, that's, um, that's the key. 
you have to get down deep. There's a lot. Of, some of it may sound like therapy. Uh-huh. Um, some of know, it might be therapy. Get there. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, and if you find a good therapist that can help you with that, fantastic. Yeah, there are wonderful spiritual leaders uh, on YouTube. You can listen to them. They'll walk you through the process by which you could do this. Meditation is uh, in- incredibly important in my life. Yeah. Sometimes just sitting there, you know, and being sort of more or less silent in your thoughts, uh, it's very difficult to be completely silent. So yeah. don't drive yourself crazy. With yeah, that. exactly. But exactly. that ends up. <laughs> Right, that ends up giving you that connection to something I think outside of this three-dimensional physical realm, yeah. um, and that's what you're looking for. Yeah, perfect. Well, thank you so much for joining us on the show and sharing your experience with us today, Brendan. It has been a treat getting to chat with you. Oh, it's been an absolute pleasure. I really appreciate it, Greg. Thanks again. Absolutely. So, how can our listeners get a hold of you? Find the supplements we talked about. You know, generally get more information. Yeah, so they can visit livermedic.com. There's a toll-free number on the website. You can get in contact uh, with us that way. Uh, we also have a Facebook page. It's uh, Livermedic on Facebook, mm-hmm. and we post a lot of information up there, a lot of the stuff that we talked about, a little bit more in-depth, obviously. And we have a lot of articles on livermedic.com that, uh, that talk about all of these topics as well. Perfect. Again, a little bit more depth. Yeah. I, I just want to just throw out here because I've been doing this whole food thing for over four decades now and it really is our own personal responsibility to figure out our health and to figure out our diet we can't count on others to do it for us wouldn't you agree absolutely yeah oh absolutely I agree and I think that there's a massive movement taking place huge to do just that yeah yeah so again I (laughs) this this theory that my grandfather used to tell me, you know, it's always darkest before the light. Yeah. Things are getting bad, but that's what's driving the good. There's, there's always a contrast in life. So yeah. good stuff. Yeah. Good stuff. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So you can also find show notes from today's podcast at urbanfarm.org backslash liver medic. Well, that's it for today. Thanks for joining us on the Urban Farm Podcast. Greg Peterson here, and I want to thank you for listening to the Urban Farm Podcast. We wouldn't be able to keep doing these great shows without you. So as a token of my appreciation, I'd like to offer you access to a list of our top 10 episodes I personally find most inspiring. If you enjoy the Urban Farm Podcast, but don't have time to listen to everyone, then you will love this list. Although all our guests have great information to offer, if you are short on time, These 10 are must-listens. To get access to the top 10 most inspiring podcast episodes, text FARMER to 44222. That's FARMER to 44222. And enjoy listening. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Urban Farm Podcast. Remember to listen three days a week for tips, advice, and resources to help you on your journey with urban farming. You can find us on the web at urbanfarm.org or send us an email to podcast at urbanfarm.org. In the words of Vincent Van Gogh, great things are done by a series of small things brought together. Be encouraged that with each lesson learned and skill developed, you are one step closer in the direction of your dreams. One of the first things that many of us learn when we start to garden is how to water and fertilize the soil. But there is an exception to this rule and it's called foliar feeding. 
You should foliar feed or water the leaves of your plant with liquid fertilizer when you want certain nutrients to be absorbed better. Not only are the leaves great at uptaking liquid fertilizer, if your soil isn't very good or your pH is off, foliar feeding can help your veggies and fruit trees quickly get the nutrients they need to thrive. If you're ready to start foliar feeding for maximum growth yields and quality, head on over to urbanfarm.org forward slash feed the leaves to see our selection of foliar feeding products. That's urbanfarm.org forward slash feed the leaves.